What is up, everybody? Welcome into a Locked On Sabres podcast edition that's going to be, of course, following a loss to the Washington Capitals, a 6-1 to defeat. The Sabres fall at the hands of the first-place Washington Capitals, who are first place now in the Eastern Conference. And quick double-check just to make sure, but uh, 23 points should be good for first in the NHL, and it is by a... Uh, the Sabres are actually second, so the Washington Capitals have a three-point gap between them and anybody else in hockey right now. Three-game win streak for them. We'll uh, we'll do some players that I thought were are trending up in the past couple games, especially in this game, trending down. Um, some things to look for in Rasmus Dahlin's game because I think a lot of fans see him struggling right now, and I just want to I, I want to bring up a comparison that should remind everybody what we're really watching in Rasmus Dahlin right now. So we'll get into that and. Um, of course, we'll, uh, we'll recap Sabres Capitals for you, and we will look ahead to the Islanders tomorrow night. And then it's Sweden. Next week, the Sabres are going to be in Sweden for a trip to Stockholm, and uh, that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. Some afternoon games, and um, we'll see what they uh, what they got in store for us on that trip. So let's start off with, uh, let, let's look at the box score real quick. We got just the one goal on the night, Henry Okiharu. He's one of my players that are trending up. Um I thought he played great. I thought he was the Sabres' best defenseman tonight. I really like him. I, I think that he should be playing more than he is playing right now. Again, this continues where he has yet to play 18 minutes a game in a single night. I just said, I think personally, you don't have to agree with this, but I thought he was their best defenseman tonight. He played the fewest. He played the least. Him and Darlene played the least of their team tonight. Now, I will say this. Their best pair overall was probably Colin Miller and John Gilmore. So I get why they would have played the most as a as a pair, which they did. Um, and maybe Gilmore starts to pressure uh, Ralph Kruger to not sit him when Brandon Montour is good to come back. Brandon Montour should be good to come back either tomorrow against the Islanders or on the Sweden trip. I do wonder if they're saving Montour for the Sweden trip. So we'll have to see on that. But Yoki Haru is playing really well. He's so smooth in his own end tonight. Uh, he did have a couple of giveaways, but nothing too bad. He led the team with five shots on goal. He's getting pucks through and it ultimately ends up in Hibbs getting his first career NHL goal. Good start for him to the year. I think he's obviously earned his right to be in this lineup. Still a little worried that he might exit the lineup at some point because he's the guy who's playing the least, but Yogi Haru is trending up for me in this game. Another player that is trending up for me in this game is Jack Eichel. Uh, I think even what we saw in a game like tonight where... He's struggling. This is how good a player he is. Like, I don't think he had a great game. I don't. But the reason he's trending up for me is because he's reached another level of good. I think he's going to be in the heart conversation. If you listen to my last podcast, I I definitely think that he will be uh, a nominee. And tonight's almost an example of that for me. If tonight's a bad night for him, all right, that's not... That's not that bad. He plays 17 minutes, which is not a lot for him at all. It was a little more spread out because you were down all game, but he still ends up with four shots on goal. He was a little bit snake bitten. He has that chance on the power play in the third period coming off the boards. He scores that goal nine times out of 10. So he's still getting the chances. It's just, it just didn't go in for him tonight. So a bad game by Eichel standards to me is trending up because if that's what a bad game by Eichel standards looks like, then, um, that really tells you how great he really is at this point in his career. And he's still only 23 years old. So we got a long time to go uh, with Jack Eichel playing like the way he's been playing to start the year. Other than that, I don't really have another name for you. Trending down, I think Linus Allmark you could throw in there. I think you could throw almost almost any other defenseman in there uh, except Colin Miller and John Gilmore. I think that they were good tonight. Um, I think that 
honestly, the forward group, like other than Eichel, who had some moments, and even he had some bad moments too. I'm not saying Eichel had a perfect game. Eh, the Connor Sherry hits the post. All right, there's a chance for you. What's interesting is I, I didn't think the Sabres as a group played awful. They definitely got outplayed, but I don't think they played awful. I think the 6-1 to one score um, isn't completely representative of how they played in this game. I do think Washington was the better team, but not 6-1 to one better. Maybe 3-1, to 2-1, to one, something like that. Scoring chances and 5-on-5 five five shots and quality scoring chances. The Sabres weren't too far off, if not even leading in some categories over the Capitals. So not an overall horrible game for them. I thought on the ice, just a horrible result. You can't be losing 6-1 to one to a team, even though they are the best team in hockey uh, currently going, is the Washington Capitals. So... One player, though, that was definitely trending down in this game that I do want to target is Rasmus Dahlin, and that's something that I wanted to highlight in this episode is you're seeing it a little bit more on Twitter. We're seeing some more criticism of Dahlin, and it's fair. Uh, I saw Christo Strander, who um, pointed out on Twitter that he needs to see Dahlin staying on his feet more. Dahlin is definitely... His instinct is when it's a two-on-one or when a guy's trying to cut to the net, his instinct is to go down on his knees or to slide along the ice. And I think in some way, in some times, that can be a good idea. It definitely can be. But I think he's doing it too often because what you do, that, that should always be a last resort, is going down to the ice to stop a pass and to block a passing lane. It should be a last resort because when you do that, you're no longer able to move your feet, literally, because your feet are not on the ice now. You, you're you no longer skating. You're kind of floundering on the ground. And I think he does go to that too much. So maybe that's something Ralph Kruger want to scale back with him a little bit. But you're still seeing what makes him really good. It's the passing. It's the offensive ability. He has a couple of glorious chances. He almost cuts to the net. He actually draws a penalty in the third period, the penalty that Eichel misses that open net chance on. And... It's Dahlin going almost coast to coast. Like, he's got some special ability. But, of course, he's got to clean it up in his own end. So, I just... The one comparison I want to make to Dahlin right here, right now, is Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson had a narrative surrounding him because that he was not good in his own end, that he was soft in his own end, that he gave the puck away a lot, that he was just a offensive defenseman. Some people, uh, I'm sure just to be funny, but some people maybe seriously, said, oh, you should switch to forward. Like those first three years, 26 points in year one, 45 points in year two, 78 points in year three. By the way, Dallin's on a much more rapid pace than that uh, in the early part of his career. But, all right, Carlson, Big numbers early on. What was the narrative surrounding Eric Carlson early in his career? It was that he could not play in his own end. And that followed him around for a long time. And I'm sure there's still people out there that believe that he's not that great in playing in his own end. That's not true. He's one of the best. Just because he doesn't do it in the traditional um, take a guy into the boards and, and drive him into the ground type of way doesn't mean that he's not good in his own end. He is. And I think that's kind of how I'm feeling with Dalene right now. Where he is earning the criticism, but does that mean he's not that good in his own end? No. I think he's a young defenseman that's getting his feet under him in his second year here, and I am not worried at all about Dalene going forward. We'll take a time out here. We'll continue along with a little bit more of a recap of Sabres and Capitals. Um, 
more on the the ice time in this game and also what the Capitals are because I think they might be the best team uh, in hockey right now. And then we'll uh, we'll preview the Islanders coming up who are on an eight-game win streak and are the hottest team in hockey. So the Sabres go from the best team in hockey to the hottest team in hockey. We'll talk about all that after this on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Let's take a look at the Washington Capitals, the team that the Sabres played tonight. I think that they are, uh, I think they're the best team in hockey right now. I do. They're 10 2 3. Um, they have the best record in hockey, but man, they are, like, they're deep. They're deep. What's really happened, I think, to Washington's credit, the one thing they were missing when Ovechkin and Backstrom and those guys could not break through that playoff hump, when they couldn't beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs, they did not have a franchise defenseman. Like, I love John Carlson right now, but it took John Carlson a little bit to become, like, a Norris-level defenseman, which he's certainly been early on this year. He's got 23 points in 14 games. Holy crap. Um, I almost just swore there because it's such a big number. (laughs) And he's 30 years old, but, like, this is the, the last three years... Not just offensively, but also in his own end. He's become a complete defenseman in the past couple of seasons. Um, and I think now that they have that guy, now that they have that guy that can play 26 minutes a night and can score points and can be the shutdown defenseman that you want. John Carlson's a franchise defenseman, and that's something that they were missing before that they have now. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I think they've taken the step up um, from maybe like three, four years ago when everyone's like, oh, the Capitals, they'll just make the playoffs, they'll lose to Pittsburgh, whatever whatever um but otherwise like they, they go too deep at center they might have the best center duo uh past pittsburgh in hockey obviously you gotta go crosby malkin i think number one um depending on where dry's idols playing if dry's idols playing center for the oilers i would give them that but i think he's been playing a lot of wing so it's hard to say that otherwise like washington's right there with backstrom and kuznetsov ovechkin's gonna do what ovechkin does he's gonna score 50 goals a year best goal scorer i think of all time um i, I it's funny actually on ovechkin i it's six to one capitals five one capitals near the end of the third period you know the sabers aren't winning so Honestly, like at that point, it's like, oh, if the Sabres scored, whatever. They're going to lose anyway. Once the result's in the bag, I find myself rooting for Ovechkin to score a lot because I really want him to get that goal record. I think that so many of Gretzky's records in the NHL are unbreakable that I'd like to see one. I'd like to see Ovechkin prove that one of them is not um, unbeatable. And quick math off the top of my head right now, I know that uh, Gretzky has 892, and let's see how good I am at math here. Ovechkin's at 669, so 31 to 700, 892 minus 700 is 192 plus 31. That is 223. So Ovechkin's 223. I think the math's right there. 223 goals away. Which honestly, like that's only five more seasons averaging, you know, 40 goals a year. He could do that for sure. He's 34 years old and maybe he plays three extra years, throws an extra 60 in there, like 20 goals a year in his later stages. Like I think he's going to get this record. I'm rooting for him to get this record. And I know that it was the Sabres, but they're down 5-1. I find him, I found myself rooting for Ovechkin uh, to score at the end of that game. Um, but the rest of the team is really solid. Tom Wilson has they've really developed him into not just a like a not just a Patrick Coletta type, a guy that would run around in your third and fourth line to just hit everybody. 
He's, he's, he gets points now. He's got seven points in 14 games. He's about a 40-point player, 35, 40-point player. He had 40 points last year, 35 the year before that, 22 goals last season. So Tom Wilson's developed nicely into a good all-around player. Um, he's going to run around and probably have a dirty hit or two every year. But in terms of what he is on the ice uh, as goals and assists-wise and playing on a top line, he's he's become respectable. Jacob Vrana scores two goals in this game. That was a guy I wanted the Sabres to trade for uh, over a year ago when uh, – uh, when the Caps were looking to get rid of a young forward, they ended up getting rid of Andre Burakovsky instead, sending him to Colorado. Verona scores two goals. He's got five on the year. He's a really good young player too. So the Capitals are deep. The Capitals have the best goal scorer of all time. They have one of the best center duos in hockey. They have a franchise defenseman, and they have a great goalie combination with Braden Holpe and uh, Ilya Samsonov, who, by the way, a lot of people think Samsonov is going to be like the next Andre Vasilevsky, like the next... Russian goalie that was drafted high comes in, takes over for a veteran starter. Boom, he's a Vesna candidate. Watch out for uh, on, for uh, Ilya Samsonov in the next couple of years. We'll take another time out here. When we come back, we'll preview Sabres and Islanders. Sabres are going about to run into the hottest team in hockey. That'll be tomorrow night, recording this on Friday night. Um, so that's after this on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. The Sabres got the New York Islanders coming into town uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night at home before they head off to Sweden. The Islanders are the hottest team in hockey right now with eight wins in a row. They've been absolutely tremendous. Matthew Barzell, if you if you didn't see the highlight, he had a insane play in their game uh, on Friday night tonight where he cycles the zone, he gets a backhand shot off that looked like it was 100... 100 miles an hour. Then he re-gets, he gets the puck again, makes a guy fall, skates back into the middle, gets a shot off that ends up going in the net, I think off somebody's foot after on the rebound. Like That guy is just box office. I think Matthew Barzell is going to be one of the elite players of the league for the next 5 to 10 years. Maybe not like a heart trophy level elite player, but I think we're talking all consistent all-star and uh, definitely the best player and most valuable player on the New York Islanders. He's up to nine points in 11 games. Brock Nelson, 10 points in 11 games. Josh Bailey, nine points in 11 games. Anders Lee, six points. Devin Tays on defense uh, has turned into a pretty nice offensive defenseman. He's got eight, uh, two goals and six assists on the year. One guy they're not really getting a lot of production from, is met is uh, Michael Del Cole, who was the fifth overall pick in Eichel's draft year, or was it the year before? Maybe it was Reinhardt's draft year, but he was the fifth overall pick a few years back, and he has not really become anything. So, I think having a prospect develop, not develop like that and missing out on some high end talent when you obviously lost John Tavares might be holding the Islanders back a little bit, but. They're kind of doing the same thing that they did last season. They're getting the the really good goaltending. Their system is perfect for goalies, by the way. Thomas Grice is at a 931 save percentage. Semyon Varlamov a 918. They're doing the same thing what they did with Robin Leonard last year. The 1A, 1B system where they're going 50-50 with the goaltenders. Um, so they're, they're a good overall team. Are they a great team? I don't think so. Like the Sabres, if not this year someday soon should be better than this Islanders team. They should be. The, the Sabres have way more high-end talent than the Islanders do. The Barzell's great. He is not Jack Eichel. This Devin Tays, he's all right. He's pretty good. He is not Rasmus Dahlin at all. They don't even have a guy they really have to compete with Brandon Montour on their blue line. Maybe Nick Letty, Johnny Boychuk, but I'd rather have Montour. So, I think that when you look at the Islanders, they are uh, they're they're a well coached team. Like that's what they are. I think Barry Trotz. This might be the 
the best example of how good of a coach he is. Because, you know, in Washington, he had all that talent. In uh, Nashville, he had a ton of talent. The Islanders, like, he doesn't really have a ton of talent. It's Barzell. Like, that's kind of it in terms of high-end talent. And here they go again. They're uh, they're right back in a playoff spot, second place in the Metropolitan Division, ahead of Carolina, only behind Washington. They're on an eight-game win streak. They're getting saved. They, be just, they just beat Tampa. Tampa, the most talented team in hockey. Um, so that's an example of how good they've been, and the Sabres play them on Saturday night. Linus Allmark got the start against the Washington Capitals, so the expectation would probably be that Carter Hutton plays. I would be very interested to see if Brandon Montour gets in the lineup in Buffalo. I wonder who comes out. John Gilmore had a really nice game against Washington. He would have absolutely been the name that came out today or yesterday if Montour was ready to go. I wonder, because of the good game he had, if he might put some pressure on Ralph Kruger to either not make a change at all, which I think is crazy because I think Montour is their best right-shot defenseman, or have someone else exit the lineup. The thing is, I don't really know who that would be. You're not taking Colin Miller out. He also had a good game. Are you taking Ristolainen out? There's... I mean, I would hope they don't do this, but you're not taking Darlene out, I hope. So I'm interested to see that if Montour is ready to go, um, if he'll even get back in the lineup and who he will who will enter to. The other player to watch out for is Jimmy VC. VC says that his hope was to play against the Islanders uh, tomorrow night. He did not travel with the team to D.C., so it didn't sound like he was close to playing against them. So I, my guess would be that Montour's in against the Islanders and that VC's not. That would be my guess. And... And, of course, I would say Carter Hutton uh, will be the goaltender. I think that should be uh, pretty obvious, the way they split the goaltender situation this year. So the Sabres now sit with 20 points in 14 games, second place in the Atlantic Division. Here comes Montreal, by the way. They're four points back after a three-game win streak. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights last night. So I'll talk to you after Sabres and Islanders tomorrow. And until then, thanks, everybody, for listening. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Sabres. Follow me on Twitter at Sneaky Joe WGR. This has been the Lockdown Savers Podcast with Joe DiBiase, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.